What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Coming to you from College Station, Texas, in the Red Sea Radio Intergalactic Studios. Here at St. Mary's Catholic Center at Texas A&M. Do I need any more describing words? I don't think so. We're doing great. Happy New Year, everybody. This is our first episode of 2018. 2017 is behind us. Both the good and the bad are gone. What a crazy year 2017 was. I hope all of you enjoyed your New Year celebrations, that you had a very blessed Christmas day, and that you're enjoying the rest of this Christmas season here. So today, we're going to talk about my Christmas day. I'm going to give you a little bit of update about the parish that I went to. Uh, I talked about this parish on episode 47, and uh, people had opinions about it. Some people thought it was hilarious, because I talked about bad church music and why we should have good church music. Other people didn't like it so much and told me to suck it up because of my first world problems. I am not going to go as far as I did last time, but I just want to give you a little insight, a little um, update on this parish, the music, and why I might be a bad person. So we're going to get to that. We're also going to be uh, talking about the top 10 most listened to, most downloaded podcast episodes of 2017. Uh, We talked about that over on social media for about a week and let people guess what the top 10 was. We'll tell you how you guys guessed and then give you the real list. And then in the second segment of the show, we're going to be joined by my Twitter friend, the Frank Fryer. That's what he goes by. He's got a YouTube channel. It's all over social media. He has a podcast that I've been listening to. We're going to talk to him. He's a Carmelite priest, Father Nicholas, and he's going to uh, share, us, share with us a little bit about himself, about his ministry, and um, some ways that, that uh, we can kick off our prayer life in 2018 in a great way with some uh, advice from how the Carmelites pray. And then finally... I'm going to share with you a brand new way to listen to the show, courtesy of one of our friends and supporters over at Patreon that I think you're going to enjoy. Maybe not as much as he does, but you're going to enjoy it. So here we go. Let's talk about this Christmas mass I went to. Everybody think about your Christmas morning. Like most of the time when you go to uh, the Christmas mass or the Easter mass, these big masses, right? The church is going to put up their best front, right? The priest is probably going to prepare his homily a little bit more that day. The musicians, I used to be the music director at a church. We would practice for weeks and weeks for that mass. You know, and like for a regular Sunday mass, we'd practice for like 30 minutes before mass. But Christmas and Easter and Holy Week, you're going to practice for, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks, about three or four times before the actual mass. You get your best musicians all together. It's supposed to be beautiful, right? Well... I went to the same parish that I talked about back on episode 47, and so I didn't get that. But it was better. It was better than it was the last time I went there. So we're going to talk about the good and the bad of that, and also not just for the point of me telling the story, but uh, see what I got out of it a little bit. So uh, before we get into that, I do have to tell you about my Christmas gift, just because it was hilarious. On last week's show, I talked about how like when you get older, you have this transition time. Dude Perfect had a video about like Christmas reactions, and one of them was called the transition year. And I hit the transition year a couple of years ago, where you transition from getting like gifts that are fun to very practical gifts, right? So the joke last week that I made was here. I'm gonna try to do it verbatim. Was that I only ever get socks now, but I deserve coal, so that's fine, right? And I kid you not, first gift. I opened Christmas morning, uh, socks. It was socks. I just, I opened it and I, I just busted out laughing. Everybody's looking at me like a crazy person because I'm so excited that I got these socks, but they don't get that I was kind of making fun of them, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the socks are actually quite comfortable. I'm wearing them right now. So I got some great Christmas gifts, even though I had the transition year, people are still quite generous to us. So thank you to the friends and family who got me some gifts, especially the people got me the socks because it's the only gift that made it on the radio because it was hilarious. So here we go. Christmas Mass. I was looking forward to it. All to be beautiful. And then we looked at Mass times around, around San Antonio. 
I'm, again, I'm not going to tell you what parish it was, but we were looking around San Antonio and the mass that worked for me and my wife uh, happened to be this one parish that we had gone to before. And like, so we didn't go in with the highest of expectations, right? <clears throat> so I think that helped a little bit. I was all looking forward to Christmas music mass and I was like, oh, we're going here. Uh, okay, let's get this obligation out of the way. That's really what it turned into, but there were some pleasant surprises. So first of all, we get there about 10 minutes early and we kneel down, we pray, and there's this altar server. <laughs> oh, altar servers, you bring me so much joy. Altar servers are helping make Catholicism fun again. This kid, like, there's nothing wrong with him. Like, he was fine during Mass, but he just sat up. Like, before church started, he sat up, like, not on the, like, altar where the, you know what I mean. Like, up on, the, where, by the altar, right? On the chairs where he's supposed to sit in. And he's just holding the cross that he processes in with, sitting down in this chair, and his eyes are just glancing left and right at a, a, a alarming, alarmingly quick rate. And he like looks at me, and then he looks at my wife, and then he looks across the thing, then he looks at the choir, then he looks at the piano, and I'm like, what is this kid doing? And then like the like it's one thing, like I was I was just kind of chuckling because it was funny, but then I was like, well, I mean, I don't know this kid, I don't know. But then the crazy thing, he was fine throughout all mass. I have no idea what he's doing. I really think he was just trying to distract people, which apparently is a theme <laughs> in this church. Because let's let's go ahead and talk about the choir, okay? This choir, the last time I talked about it, I shared with you how uh, they're not the greatest musicians ever. And that's not what I was mad at, really. I know that there are parishes that struggle to get good musicians. I, I, I get that. But this parish has fantastic musicians. But lets other people play instead. <laughs> and, like, we know that if you... A little quick recap of, of what happened on episode 47... It, the music was terrible all the way through communion. And then this amazing pianist and cellist came out of nowhere and played beautifully throughout communion. And I was like about to cry how beautiful it was. Even, and earlier in the mass, I was crying because how bad it was. And I'm just like, how do you allow this to happen in a church where we're like all about beauty and beauty leads you to God? You're going to save your most beautiful musicians. It's like a closing pitcher. Like you had a terrible starting pitcher. Then you use the closing pitcher at the end. I didn't get it. So here's what happened this time. There were three different pianists that played throughout the Mass. The first one, I was very impressed. <laughs> they started using a track, like, from a computer. <laughs> so what they did was they got the, like, music that, like, the, just the instrumental of piano and, like, a little back drum or whatever, quiet drum in the background. And they played that and sang with it. I cannot tell you how happy I was. Because I've been to this church enough now where I know who these people are. Like, I know who the bad pianist is. I know who the good pianist is. And so I was looking at both of them. I was like, oh, here we go again. Then I was pleasantly surprised because 70% of the mass, they used this track. So it was great. It was, it was fine. Everything was fine until the song. Bad pianist started playing again. I'm like, what? I, I, at some level, I get it. You have to allow like some amateur musicians some time to play so that they can get better and they can get used to playing in church. I get it. That time is not Christmas morning. Come on, people. <laughs> people and music directors listening to me or anybody has influence in your parish, put your best foot forward whenever <laughs> at Christmas and Easter when people are coming for the two times of the year. Put your best foot forward, please. That's my plea for you. Here's the interesting thing. Another interesting thing about this Mass. Not only was the choir not the greatest musically, there was a great moment with the priest at communion. But before, before I, I, I tell you the story about the priest at communion, I have to tell you about the priest at the beginning of Mass. And this, uh, other people might think I'm a bad person because of things I've already said. I don't. I think, they're, <laughs> I think I'm telling the truth. Here's where I might be a bad person. Christmas Mass. Talk about putting your best foot forward, right? The priest, you want to be jolly. You want to, you know, it's a happy morning, right? Everybody's happy on Christmas morning. For most people, right? At least that's the goal. This priest, I kid you not, starts Mass. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to have to go through this whole Mass with a priest that sounds like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Let us pray. I was like, oh man, I was, 
really start about to get frustrated. And then he coughed. And then he coughed again. And then he was like sneezing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a bad person. He's very sick. <laughs> oh, man. I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt so terrible. I told my wife about it in the car. She's like, yep, you're a bad person. So there you go. That's my public confession. I, just to be fair about this church, uh, I might be. I might be part of the problem. <laughs> so I had to forgive myself. The good thing was right after that happened, he started the, uh, you know, the, the, what's it called? I'm blinking. The mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, the confidia, right? We said that right after. So I got to, you know, say I was sorry to God and to this priest in my head. So um, here, anyway, so this is the priest. There you go. Take that for what it's worth. I'm a bad person. Here's the next thing about this priest. This is where I... I totally like was on his side after this. The choir at this church sits sits in like the first like three or four pews. And during the communion hymn, during the communion hymn, where we get to receive the source and summit of our faith, where we get to receive Jesus, and, like everything that we've been preparing for and waiting for this Advent, we are truly receiving him, body, blood, soul, and divinity into our bodies, into our souls. They're, at this point, they, they made the great decision of having their best pianist play. It is beautiful. They have a cellist in the background who's amazing playing. It's fantastic. And the choir is swaying back and forth as they sing. Like, not like, you know, like you can kind of get into the music and sway back and forth where you're like, your radius is like one inch on either side. They're like legit, like swaying. Like they look like they're at a 70s concert. And this priest, I love him to death. This poor sick priest who's celebrating probably the eighth mass in three days, right, is glaring at the choir. Like if you could excommunicate somebody with a look, I saw it. He did it. Because it was so distracting. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, man. So we're all about making Catholicism fun again here at Forte Catholic. The only joy that I had from that Mass, other than receiving Jesus, obviously, the only joy I had in that Mass was the beauty of the pianist and cellist that were playing that the choir tried to ruin, and the joy that me and my wife had laughing about it on our way home. So that's it. I don't know what you want to take from it. That's my real story from my Christmas morning, but I just had to laugh and I had to smile. Sometimes there are going to be things that don't, like you're going to go to a mass that doesn't help you to pray. You're going to hear music that doesn't help you to pray, but you got to work through it because I was still able to pray that morning, maybe not the whole hour because I was quite distracted for some of it, but I was still able to encounter God. And like, no, no matter any time that you have in your life where you're being distracted either by work or by terrible musicians at church or by your kids running around at church or your, your work is crazy and you're worried about finances, like whatever it is, God can still talk to you through and in the midst of the craziness and the shenanigans. And that's one thing that I took away from that Christmas mass. So uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you a little bit about, uh, I'm, we're going to do a, our, a little bit of year in review. In our, in our final segment, we're going to look at like the year in review of the podcast, do the top 10 podcasts of the year, talk through that list. But um, one thing that I was looking through, you know, because a lot of people are looking back at 2017, uh, one of the cool things that like Instagram did, or that is like a thing that you could post on Instagram, is like your top nine most liked photos on Instagram. It's just a cool way to look back over the year. Reflect, uh, remember the joys that you had, remember some of the struggles that you had. <clears throat> as, as I was uh, looking back, not only did I want to look at the podcast, but I wanted to look at some of the cool events that I was able to be a part of. Um, one cool thing that happened was I was for the radio show, is that uh, not only do we air now here in Red Sea, at Red, at Red Sea Radio in Central Texas, but in October, we started airing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. At St. Michael Radio, that was a big thing for the radio station. So uh, I want to thank the guys over there uh, at St. Michael Radio again for uh, adding me to their rotation, and for the good folks in Tulsa for uh, for supporting us throughout the whole thing. <coughs> um, and when it comes to like you know, because a lot of you know that I speak and I lead worship as well, and I was I was adding up some things earlier. I did uh, was able to do twenty two events, which is exciting. It's the most I've ever done in a year. 
And I, I uh, counted it up. I, it was about 2,500 people uh, that I was able to either speak to or lead worship for. So that's just, just a cool uh, opportunity that I had over this past 2017. I got to do that across Texas and also go up to uh, do a couple in Iowa and Baltimore as well. So uh, if you... Uh, have influence at your parish, or if you have a, uh, or at your diocese, or uh, you would like to have that influence. If you're a pastor, youth minister, whatever, I would love to come help you out this year in 2017 for a youth night, for a conference, for your retreat, for whatever uh, parish mission. However, I can help you out. You can head over to f o r t e Catholic fortecatholic dot com slash booking, and you can find all the information there. I'm really excited to be going. I'm uh, next month. I'll be doing some of the breakout sessions at Austin's DCYC, the Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference. That's really exciting to be doing that with them. I'm going to be doing uh, that diocese's junior high rally breakouts uh, there in a couple months. After that, I'm uh, talking at the uh, Dallas Ministry Conference in the fall, doing uh, two forms of truth conferences again. So I would love to help you guys out in any way that I can. And a uh, fun fact, I'm a lot cheaper than most of these people. There are people that charge absurd amounts to come speak or lead worship at your parish. Uh, I can work with you and make it a lot more feasible for you and still be able to be beneficiary for me so that I can feed my children. Hooray! So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what we got going on here at the show this week. Uh, here when we come back, we're going to be talking to Father Nicholas Blackwell, the Frank Friar. I met this guy on Twitter. He's hilarious. Like we had, you know, like what gifts are, right? Like the moving images. We had an entire conversation just in gifts on Twitter the other day. I started listening to his podcast. He's got some great ones. Uh, they're a lot shorter than mine. So if you don't like me, or if you think uh, that my podcasts are a little too long, go away. I'm just kidding. Don't go away. It was a joke. But he's got a little four-minute, five-minute, six-minute um, audio clips just to help. You know, like A lot of them uh, are to help you pray. I listened to a couple. One was on the taste of death in St. John about suffering. I listened to another one about like the Virgin Mary and the lesson in silence. So he's got some great stuff going on, and I'm excited to be talking to him right after the break. And then, and uh, in our final segment, we're going to be reviewing the top 10 podcast episodes of 2017. So stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Stroll. I am joined on the phone today by my new friend from Twitter, the Frank Fryer, <laughs> also known as Father Nicholas. How are you doing, Father? I am doing great, just trying to survive this uh, terrible cold front that seems to be sitting on uh, New York City here. So, Yeah, I hear y'all are getting it bad. I um, It has affected Texas not quite as much as you guys. It never, ever snows here. Ever. Like, it snowed one time. I've lived here for 27 years. It snowed one time before last month. It snowed twice last month, but I know y'all are getting it a lot worse than that because it snows quite often there. Oh, yeah. Well, we haven't had any snow yet. It's just been, like, this blistery cold, and when you go down into, like, Manhattan and everything, because I, I work up in the Bronx, you know, those tall buildings just sort of act like a wind tunnel, you know, so it, it just gets blistery cold with that wind when you go around the city. Uh, just like it cuts through your your skin like a bone, you know, like a bone cell, just tears right into you. It's terrible. That does sound terrible. That's why I live yeah. down here in the south because I couldn't live yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a true I'm a true northerner though. I, I like the cold as much as sometimes my own bones complain. But uh, yeah. Well, great. It's yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have you on. Like I said in in, in uh, at the beginning, we met over social media. So I, I actually mm -hmm. only knew you as the Frank Fryer for about three months <laughs> until I started listening to your podcast and found out you had a real name. Um, yes. So, so yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you have the the podcast, you have a YouTube channel, and yeah. you're active on social media. Why don't you let our guests yeah. know, or our our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Well, my my sort of um, online presence. I'm known as the Frank Fryer, uh, but I'm uh, Father Nicholas Blackwell. I'm a Carmelite friar. Uh, I've been in the Carmelite order since January 2010. I was just newly ordained a priest back in August by uh, Cardinal Dolan here in, in uh, New the 
the uh, Archbishop of uh, New York. And, um, you know, I'm originally from Michigan, born and raised on the farmland there. You know, there's probably more food permits here in New York City than there are where people in my hometown where I'm from. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I'm just sort of a, a, a you know, down-to-earth guy. I went to study in Michigan, up at Northern Michigan in the UP with the Upers up there where the snow is like seven, eight foot tall every year. And, you know, I've done a lot of traveling after college. You know, I came back to the church in college. Um, I was baptized as a baby Catholic, but my mother had me very young. So she was much more worried about you know, my, my health, because I was a sick baby and et cetera, than, than catechism. Uh, so I came back to the church in college. Um, and then after college, I went and I worked in the Peace Corps for about a year in West Africa, had some injuries, came back, was discerning uh, call of the priesthood in the Diocese of Saginaw. Um, a lot of great men there, but it, that diocese in way wasn't just for me. So I started to do some mission work with Glen Mary down in the South, uh, just, you know, sort of getting my hands dirty in the ministry. And and um, I met, and I, I've always had a great uh, devotion to Teresa of Avila. She's sort of my go-to, my go-to saint, my go-to girl. She's uh, probably the, the reason outside of the Holy Spirit that I'm uh, a Carmelite friar. And I met some students from a Carmelite high school in Chicago, and I started to hear about the friars. So I reached out and, you know, I entered their formation program in January 2010 out here in New York. And, you know, I've sort of been at home ever since. You said a sentence that that not many people say. I came back yeah. to the church in college. How the heck did that happen? Yeah. Most people are leaving in college. You came back. Well, it was the weirdest thing because, and I've talked about this in some of my YouTube videos, but, you know, I was in a fraternity in college and it was, it was a great group of guys, but, you know, I was a very self-centered, egotistical man. My nickname was Tiny. You know, I'm six foot five in college. I was, like <laughs> Tiny. I was, a, I was a giant man. And I had this great gift, and my mother has this gift, you know, just being able to sort of read people and, you know, knowing their potential and things like that and being able to sort of pull strings and orchestrate things so they work out for my betterment. And, you know, I had a great way of sort of manipulating people like that. And then suddenly um, in the – was uh, October 2004, um, I'm just walking through campus nothing's really going on in my life. I don't have any tragedy there. You know, my family's all doing well, healthy, strong. You know, my grades have a little, you know, are, are on the uptick. You know, I'm doing great. And then suddenly this question came into my head. The question was this, well, why do you go to church? And I remember that moment because I literally stopped in my tracks. and I said to myself, why the heck would I go to church? So far, I didn't use the word heck. And that whole <laughs> month of October, that external eye that was so focused on using other people around me and, and, you know, pulling strings and being this sort of great, you know, uh, uh, puppeteer, um, turned internal. And I got to see this gnawing nothingness, uh, that was just sort of eating away at me. And, you know, my family owns a bar in Michigan. So I, I, you know, knew a fair amount of alcoholics growing up. And, you know, I always knew this nothingness that they spoke about, but that the drink could never fill. So I knew this thing inside of me was, was really dangerous. Um, so luckily about a hundred yards from where I was living, there was a church, St. Michael the Archangel Catholic Church. And I knew, you know, from stories from my family, like, oh yeah, we're baptized Catholic, but we never went to church or anything. So that didn't really mean much. But at that moment I said, well, you know, they always said I was Catholic. I'll go there. And I went to the first mass and they had a 7 PM Sunday night mass for the college students. They had a very active college ministry there. And when the priest held up the Eucharist, I said, man, you know, something's there. Well, that something became someone after going through our CIA process and, and et cetera. And just having the great witness of, of the people there that would constantly come every week to give home cooked meals to his college kids. And, um, it was a really wonderful experience coming back into the church. And even my, my fraternity changed our meeting time so I could get going to church wow. uh, because they could see the kind of person I was becoming. So the, even my fraternity brothers were really supportive of me in my, my religious journey. This is how we can know God is real. Uh, you found God in college, and fraternities changed well, their scheduling around going to mass. Well, and it's and it's the dangest thing. I did a. I, I also do on my website the Frank Fryer. I have a blog post where I talk about sort of one of my first big encounters with sort of a lack of a better word. Um, mystical experience. I like to call these sort of tapestry moments. You know, when I was in high school, my parents said, you know, you need to know more than this little rural farm town where you're from. 
So if you take a couple of years of a foreign language and do well, we'll send you on a school trip. So I took two years of French. I did well, and I got to go on the school trip to France and England and et cetera. And we went to the Louvre one day, and in the Louvre, there was the, the great, amazing painting by Raphael of St. Michael slaying the demon. You know, you see it on holy cards and statues. It's, it's all over the place, you know? Right. Um, and as me, you know, as a 17-year-old kid, I suddenly see this picture, and it just struck me. I didn't know why. Next thing you know, I looked down at my watch, and what was 20 seconds, or felt like 20 seconds for me, was 20 minutes. I was standing 20 minutes before this amazing piece of artwork, utterly amazed by what I'm seeing. And then suddenly when I come home to the Catholic Church, who was the parish that receives me but St. Michael the Archangel Church? Wow. And when I walked in and I saw that statue there, I said, that looks so familiar. And then I was reflecting on my own journey of, of life and everything um, after I started sort of their RCI program for me. I, I made the connection. And when I say a tapestry moment, you know, I could see this big picture. And then suddenly God pulled that beautiful tapestry, like those medieval things off the wall. And I got to see all the little strands, his little fingertips at work in my life that led me to that exact moment there. You know, so not only does God sometimes let us see sort of, you know, the big picture, the, the front of that tapestry, the great piece of artwork that the artist has imagined for us, but also if we look behind, and sometimes God will allow that, we can see the different strands of work of the artist that made that big, beautiful image possible for the beholder to to gaze upon. That's that's a beautiful story, and uh, another little uh, fun thing to add to your story, at least for our conversation, is I grew up in the parish called St. Michael's, and I've always had a deep devotion to St. Michael's, so it's just interesting that he played such a big mm-hmm. role in your conversion. And um, as, as I was looking at your... Uh, at your website, I've, I've recently, like I said, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. They're great. Mm-hmm. Frank Fryer on iTunes. They're like four to ten minutes. Um, I've just yeah. been eating them up while I was driving around the holidays. And, you know, when they're that short, you can listen to a lot of them there in a yeah. pretty quick span. Um, and I was looking at your website, and it says that it is a really interesting quote <clears throat> that you have on your homepage there. Talking about the Carmelites and your, and your order, it says that uh, the presence of Carmelite prayer in the church has, has been witnessed throughout 800 years. But uh, the recent popes, Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis, uh, uh, shared with us that the Carmelites are those who teach us how to pray. So here in our first episode of the new year, a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions. Some of them have already broken because it's five days in. But uh, why don't you share with us today um, some of the prayer practices um, from your order, from a a Carmelite, that people can uh, incorporate into their life in this new year? Yeah, the the foundation for prayer relationship to the Carmelite order is about presence. And so, like, for example, in my video today that is on the YouTube, I have one of my brothers talking about Mount Carmel and his visits there in the Holy Land, and he talks about how Mount Carmel, we don't look at a particular founder. We don't have a St. Francis, we don't have a St. Benedict or a Dominic, but we have a place. We have a place where we tried to cultivate a presence where our hearts and our minds could be open to the presence of the living God, learn and listen from his presence so we can live in allegiance to that presence. So one of the things, you know, we need to do is to cultivate a place where we can just allow God's presence to dwell within sort of our our living area. Because the Carmelites' first place of prayer is not necessarily a chapel, it is their cell, it is their room. So, you know, I always tell people, have a little space wherever you live, where you don't let technology in, where, you know, you put maybe holy or sacred things that sort of put you in a place of, of ease, that, that open your, your heart up, and just have it be a place where you can learn to sit and be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Because one of the things about karma, we talk about growing in friendship with God. And when you become a best friend with God, you're just able to really just sit there. You don't need to fill that space or fill that time with noise. You can just be. And that's that sort of great insight that comes from Teresa Avila. And all my words are really influenced by a lot of her writing. But it's that cultivation of presence where no matter how busy we get throughout the day as, as a bee seeking out pollen to, to feed its others in the hive, it still has to go home and just find its little place where it can take that moment and just be still, no pun intended, mind you. (laughs) And, you know, as, 
as as Christians, you know, to cultivate that presence of being like Christ, who would have to go out into the wilderness and into those places of silence just to learn to to be present with the Father and then to go back out. You know, that's one of the first big things uh, I always tell people. Um, because Carmelite spirituality, we do have our devotions, like the Holy Face devotions, but fundamentally we're not a, a very devotionally and like oriented spirituality. These are things that help us along the way, but they're not an end in and of themselves. The rosary should never be an end in and of itself. The rosary always should bring us to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our devotion to the Holy Face isn't an end in and of itself. It's a way and a means to bring us, you know, that brings us into always having a good sense of self-awareness of like, why do I have these practices? And not being afraid, you know, in your place of prayer that you're trying to cultivate this, this dwelling presence of the Lord in your heart questioning, you know, what's going on with my prayer practices? Why am I praying this thing? What's going on with this this devotional practice? You know, why why do I find myself maybe moving away from one thing and to another? And even if you don't have the answer, just putting that question out there and allowing the necessary time to pass so the Lord can answer you. You know, not being afraid of asking those kinds of questions in order to make sure that one is beginning to go deeper into that allegiance that, as Carmelites believe, we're all called to. Um, I had a big four-part series on my YouTube channel in November talking about discernment within the Carmelite tradition. And, you know, the Ignatian spirituality handles sort of the big picture for devotion. You know, do I do A or do I do B? Carmelite devotion... uh, Discernment really looks at, I've chosen A, how do I live and make those micro choices within my large choice A that help me to be authentic to my original choice? You know, so looking at it, it, I made a decision. Now, what do I need to do to always make sure I'm staying in tune with the decision I made that I believe and I felt that our Lord has called us to? So, yeah, I think that's great that the your primary thing is about place and about presence. As you were talking, I thought of a couple of things. Uh, one being, it, it sounds a lot like the movie War War Room. That's a hard thing to say very quickly, but uh, I loved that movie. It's, it's about this idea of finding a place in your house. You know, a lot of people had it in their closet or in a in like their study or whatever, where they had a place that was um, very much dedicated to prayer. And I've uh, when I when I saw that movie, I wanted to do it, and I didn't end up doing it in this room in my house. And I think now listening to you, I think this might be my nudging to to go ahead and convert that room over. And then also, uh, when I was in college, I was doing an internship, and uh, I went and stayed at this guy's house. And the only room he had available, because all his family was sleeping in the room, was his his prayer room where he didn't like, like you said, didn't bring technology in. And I slept on the floor in this prayer room and I could see his spiritual books and all these things. But the odd thing about it was it was also his like hunting trophy room. So I'm laying there and he's praying, you know, with like a bear sitting next to me. It was kind of hilarious. So uh, yeah, I know it's just, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I would just say, you know, when I was studying in the seminary for the diocese of Saginaw, there was a group of, cloistered Carmelite sisters on the north part of Detroit in Clinton Township area. Um, I believe their monastery was St. Teresa Le Sue. And every time I stepped into that place, no matter what I was carrying with me, no matter the tension that was in my heart, there was just an ease. There was a peace that just sort of overtook me that would just allow my heart to be open. And that's, you know, sort of that we have to remember, you know, like physicality, Carmelite spirituality is very incarnational. We're called to to daily communion uh, within our rule, which was something unheard of at the time, but our rule called us uh, forward into it to, to receive the Eucharist daily. So the sense that we need to cultivate a, a physical place where one can learn to just be present to the Lord, and it has an impact there. Um, so when people go visit the ruins on Mount Carmel and they step into the caves where the Carmelites played at, uh, prayed at for like 100 years before they were pushed out, you know, there's still that presence there that maybe people can't articulate, but the body itself responds to. And I think we all might have places like that in our life that when we go there, we, our body just responds to it, even though our mind may not a, be able to put words to it. And we just know that this is a good place. And we hear that in the Gospels when, you know, Peter says it is good that we are here. 
on the mount during the transfiguration. You know, we have those little moments of our own life where the Lord is making himself exposed to us in these places. So even though our minds may not know what's going on, our bodies are still attuned enough from these practices of presence to become aware when we're in those sort of places. That's great. Thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing. I, I hope that people <laughs> listening uh, will will take this this practice of practicing the presence of God and finding this place to pray either in your house or if it's uh, quietly in the car or uh, wherever people uh, find where they can get this silence that they can do so. Uh, before we leave, I do want to plug some of your stuff. You can uh, you are active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You've got your blog that we that you've talked about. Um, all of this can be found at the Frank Fryer. Dot com. Uh, Father Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you, your time. You betcha. Thank you for having me. Keep up the great work you're doing. It's yeah. really awesome stuff. Thanks a lot. I truly appreciate it. And uh, any priest that I can have a gift conversation, like this whole conversation is through gifts on Twitter, is a great man. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Uh, guys, we're going to come right back after the break. But before we go... Um, try to find some place where you can have some quiet time to pray, whether it's at your house or in the car when you're driving to or from work. A lot of people who have kids have to do that. So uh, thanks again, Father Nicholas, and we'll be right back with our final segment of the day. Amen. Welcome back to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Aired on Red Sea Radio in Central Texas, on St. Michael Radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and on every single podcasting service. Speaking of podcasts, I've been looking forward to talking about this for quite some time. We had some fun with it on social media. Just posted the results of the top 10 most listened to, most downloaded um, episodes of the Forte Catholic podcast in 2017. Uh, before we did, before we reveal them, I want to share with you the results from you guys. I put out like what the, I put out the top 10, just not in order. And I wanted to see how close you guys could guess to how, um, to, to where they ranked, right? Cause we're going to rank them 10 through one, one being the most listened to of the year. Here's what you guys thought. I put out a poll on, uh, on Twitter and also in SurveyMonkey. Uh, the one in SurveyMonkey, here's what, here's what you thought. You thought it would be number 10, episode 45 with Ed Fazer. Number 9, Matt Martinison about the Catholic comic book. Number 40 with Trent Horn. Number ep- um, episode 52 with Alex Gote and A.J. Barrows. Number 35, Marcel Lejeune and Millennials. Number 59, Steve Picorni. Uh, number 53, Bear Wozniak and the President of Ignatius Press. Number 54, Daniel Matson. Number 37, my mom joining the show. Number 51, the one-year anniversary of the show. We had Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and the guys from the Catholic Man Show. And that's the episode that we announced that we're, uh, we're going to start airing in Tulsa. And then you guys thought... Number 61, the funniest show of the year, would be the most listened to of the year. We're going to see how close you guys actually were. So I've been looking forward to doing this over the last week as, as we were looking at the numbers and the numbers were close. And I was telling people, I was like reaching out to some of the people who are on the episodes like, hey, if you want to move up in the rankings, share this with your people. And they did. It was fun watching people, watching the numbers go up and listening. Um, but before we, rev- or no, here we go. We're going to go ahead and... Uh, now, before we reveal the list, I'm going to just tease you a little bit more. Uh, I just want to thank you guys, because I was looking at, like, the overall yearly numbers, and here's the difference. So, you know how, like, the put the year in quarters, right? Everybody's like, oh, yes, our first quarter earning, earnings were this, right? I can't even say it right, because I'm not smart enough. So, but here we go. Like, in, in uh, the fourth quarter of last year, of, 20, of, of two years ago now, I guess, 2016, when the show started... It had around 500 listens in that in that in that uh, fourth quarter. The show started in October, and then it was around the same in the first quarter of 2017. And uh, if you know anything about, like, I love Michael Hyatt. He always says when you start a blog, when you start a podcast, and when you start any of these things, your goal should be to double your double your viewers, listeners, whatever, within a year. 
So then in the second quarter of 2017, we had a little over 900. And then you guys showed up. Third quarter of 2017, over 2,000 downloads. And fourth quarter, over 2,500. So we're consistently growing. So I want to thank all you guys who have been listening. Uh, for all you guys who have been talking about the podcast and sharing it with your friends, I truly want to thank you because we had uh, over 6,000 downloads this year. And here's an interesting stat from over 26 countries. So to my one listener in Russia, howdy, from your friend in Texas. It was just crazy looking at some of these, uh, some of these countries that people listen to the show in. So uh, I want to thank everybody who was guests on the show, uh, the producers of the show, where we had, we had multiple over the course of the year, and also the guys who uh, manage the radio stations at Red Sea and St. Mike Radio who make all of this possible. So here we go. What you've all been waiting for. The countdown of the top 10 episodes of Forte Catholic for the year 2017. Here we go. All right, coming in at number 10. Number 10, episode 56. This is the one where we talked about Twitter, the Catholic comic book. And how Anakin Skywalker was a huge part of my ministry that weekend. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank Matt Martinison, the, the producer of the Catholic Common Book, for coming on the air that episode. Coming in at number nine, a guy I got to spend the day with after Christmas, Mr. Steve Picorni, who was on just a few episodes ago on episode 59. We talked about uh, being free from porn once and for all. We also talked about an interesting mass I went to and the priority of silence in our prayer life. Uh, coming in at number eight, my mom. My mom came on the show. She got a bunch of her friends in Lake Jackson to listen to it. So and that episode did pretty well. I uh, We talked about prayer because she prayed a lot more uh, than I ever did in my life. And we also played a crazy game. Uh, where I won. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Number seven, one of our probably the most, more controversial episodes. We had Daniel Matson on. He talked about his book, Why I Don't Call Myself Gay. Uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic interview. I really appreciated him spending some time with us about his struggle with, uh, with same-sex attraction and what he's doing in the community and all over social media and all over, all over the media trying to help people who have same-sex attraction, same sex attraction within the church and, and outside of it. We also talked about the Old Testament on this show. We played Old Testament or Scary Movie. And we also talked about how the Old Testament is not just a boring old book with old stories in it. Uh, so there you go. That was episode number 54. In episode 53, episode 53 comes in at number six, and it holds a very special place in my heart. It was the first episode after my new baby was born. Another big part of 2017. Felicity Grace. I'm looking at a picture of the day she was born right now. So stinking cute. Um, the exact opposite of a small child was also on the show. The manliest man on the show ever. That includes you, Catholic Man Show guys. Take that. Bear Wozniak was on the show. Episode 53. Talked about fatherhood, manliness. And then I also had the president of, of Ignatius Press... On to talk about the Protestant Reformation. What a hard-hitting episode. Number six is episode 53. Number five was our Advent, our Advent show. We played Advent Bingo. Uh, I talked about my top Christmas songs, both secular and uh, holy, right? And, and then we also listened to a, a video about Christmas according to kids. This is one of our only episodes without guests. And it came in at number five. I was actually pretty impressed by that because a lot of times, you know, guests come on, they share it with their followers, and we get some extra listens. But to have the number five episode be without guests and just me and Maka and Sam in the studio, that's pretty cool. <laughs> number four <laughs> came with, with uh, you know, when the Whip and Nene was real popular? That's when this episode aired. So the picture promoting this podcast was Jesus with a whip of cords. Saying, now watch me whip, now watch me day-day as he's, you know, whipping people <laughs> in the temple. This is episode 49. We talked about anger, righteous anger. And uh, Dr. Edward Fazer came on the show to talk about the death penalty, the Catholic Church's view on the death penalty and the stance there. 
I had just gone and witnessed the Oklahoma City bombing, so I was pretty mad myself. Uh, so we talked about anger on that episode. Here we go. Top three. Coming in at number three. The one-year anniversary show with Zeke and Harold Burke Sivers. The guys from the Catholic Man Show came on for the second time. We announced the show was going to start airing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This was back in October. Zeke and Harold talked about uh, the scriptures and, and the power in reading them like never before. And we also all shared our, first, our favorite memories from the show's first year. Number two surprised a lot of people. Did not surprise me because Mr. Trent Horn... One of the great guys from over at Catholic Answers came on the show to talk about why we're Catholic, his book that had just come out at the time. This is way back on episode 40. Uh, he talks He talks in his book about, like, instead of, like, just always defending the faith all the time and, like, you're wrong, he talked about, like, getting to know people and just sharing why, why you're Catholic, why am I Catholic, why are you Catholic, and your love for the faith of people. So we talked about evangelization. We also answered listener questions on helping kids grow in their faith that leaves number one number one we had a bunch of catholics together in the studio and we just laughed the whole time it was the second most people we've ever had in this small studio we played the trivia game worship song or love song and we interview mr marcel lejeune number one is this episode, episode 35. The oldest one on the list comes in at number one. We talked to Marcel about bridging the faith gap with millennials, and we also talked about how an R&B song improved my relationship with God. So there you go. Our top 10 most listened to, most downloaded podcast of 2017. All right. Congrats, Marcel. Thanks for the help. All of, so, uh, it, all in all, Everybody that voted for this was wrong. <laughs> None of you guessed Marcel would be number one. Y'all thought uh, the episode 61, the Advent one, would be number one. It was number five. So there you have it. What an exciting year that we had. I, I just want to thank you all again for for sticking with me and to help, helping the uh, the listener base grow and for being dedicated to the show and uh, and for talking to me about it on social media or in person. <clears throat> Speaking of social media, if you want to connect with me, you can do that on Facebook. You can find the Forte Catholic Facebook page. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L. Uh, I'd love to connect with you and get to know you a little bit because, you know, like today's guest, I found him on Twitter. So there you go. Social media can be good at times. All right. Speaking of things on social media, some people, uh, and the, obviously if you're listening to this on the podcast, you know how to download and listen to a podcast. But uh, for those of you on radio who typically listen on radio, you haven't gotten into podcasts before, I made this video over the break. This is a cool new feature on iPhones where you can uh, like screen record. You can record what you're doing on your screen. So I made this video to show you how you can go on into your podcast app on your iPhone you can like, uh, subscribe to the show. You can download episodes. And I also showed you how to rate the podcast, like give it a review. And because how iTunes works is that when you give, the more reviews a show has, the more engagement that it has, iTunes will like promote that show a little bit more to help grow the listener base. So if you're looking for something this year to help me out with, I made a video where you can help me out tremendously in under 60 seconds. You can go to fortecatholic.com slash radio. And you can find this video on how you can help me out this very quick way. Uh, if you're listening on, on Google Play or on SoundCloud, like, comment, subscribe, whatever. Do all that stuff there, too. <clears throat> but this is a how-to iTunes podcast uh, for beginners. Um, I posted this video because here's the deal. Even if you're listening on the podcast, I'm very happy that you're listening. I'm very happy that numbers are growing. There's only like six reviews. Like, come on, guys. You can do better than that. I, uh, speaking of people who hadn't given reviews, who have been listening to this show for a long time, one of, the, one of you did. So I want to challenge you to be like this one person that, that, that after watching this video, um, rated the show, gave it five stars. Thank you very much, by the way. And I'm going to share with you what he wrote because it's actually quite funny. Because in the video, 
when I'm showing people how to do the rating. Like I'm not people say I'm prideful, which is probably correct, but I'm not prideful enough to write a review of my own show. Like I'm not that guy, right? But so I when I was showing people how to review it, I wrote like a little fake thing like Taylor is awesome. This show is the best, right? But uh so good old JP Quinn, friend of the show, guy who built the studio supporter on patreon good dude he's been on the show before a couple episodes a couple of episodes ago he's been listening for quite some time and he like most of you people on the podcast was a slacker would go into the podcast app and would not take the 20 extra seconds to write a review so all of you that haven't done it do it now like seriously seriously please just help a brother out it's 20 seconds of your life man so here's what jp wrote he gave a little winky face because I made a winky face in the video. Said, but also it's true. He's high energy, unlike some popular radio hosts, and his goal to make Catholicism great again is being achieved. Thanks, JP. Somehow he pulls in big name guests from across all spheres. Okay, I feel like that was kind of a dig a little bit. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how he does it. He's an idiot, but he gets these big name guests. I'll take it as a compliment, whatever. And brings them to a wide audience through his magnetic personality and quick wit. Oh, thank you, JP. You're a very nice man. As an added bonus, he sounds even more hilarious at half speed. Enjoy and subscribe. Your faith life will, will thank you. So... I don't know if you caught that one little sentence in there that says he sounds even more hilarious at half speed. I have to tell you this story. JP was listening to the show a couple months ago, and I think he accidentally listened to it at half speed once. And he just kept sending me clips of it over and over again at half speed. So here you go. A new way to listen to the Forte Catholic podcast from our Patreon supporter and friend, JP Quinn. Here's a little snippet of last week's podcast. And, you know, not like our friends on the Catholic Man Show. We don't drink before we record the show, but this is what it would sound like if we did. Here we go. Stop time. Go do whatever you want. And then start it back up whenever you want. It was like... Like Hiro Nakamura from the show Heroes a oh couple of years gosh. ago. Uh, amazing. Say the cheerleader. Say the world. That's a quote <laughs> from the show. <laughs> I love that show so yeah. much. All right, yeah. Andy, what would you Yeah, but that was the worst because once they saved the cheerleader, <laughs> the show went down the drain because there was nothing left to do. They saved <laughs> the world. <laughs> They did it. That was it. But then they could try to keep going. Say the cheerleader ruined the show. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that laugh. (laughs) My laugh at slow motion is terrible. They did it. Annie, what about you? Oh, you're your stupid. <laughs> Hers is boring. We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking to you, sir. I'm going to uh, mute your mic. It is, it's, it's super boring. I don't pretend to be very interesting. But it would be, you know, how... Uh, it would be Flash's ability because he can... Read really, really, really quickly. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I know. That just Ch- happened. Ch- I, know. I take, I take it back. <laughs> I'm now muting Annie's mic. <laughs> you and I. I so there you go. That's <laughs> that's how JP Quinn listens to the show. So uh, if you want to be a supporter on Patreon, you can do so. ForteCatholic.com slash, or sorry, Patreon.com slash ForteCatholic. You can help us out and also get some awesome bonus content, little sneak peeks into behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Uh, JP, thanks. All of you guys that made 2017 awesome. Thank you. This has been Forte Catholic. We'll be back next week with Ali Hoffman. Say it!